0: You introduce it, or I'll start talking about Star Wars.
1: Hi, folks! It's uh, the podcast uh, Complete Guide to it We're here to talk about uh, the, the 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 post game. You were the calling you were calling this the post game, and I was confused. Um, I like
0: that idea of calling this the post game of this region. The idea is we want to talk about all the other stuff you can do in Snowhead Land. Uh, either after you beat the dungeon or basically after uh, stuff that happens after you beat the dungeon.
1: And some stuff you could do
0: before, but like, oh yes, because well, we, the extra stuff we'll call it. Yeah. Or we'll call it the post game.
1: Okay. But,
0: uh, uh, when you beat the dungeon, beat the everything's dungeon.
1: green. We, we beat the dungeon. Not everything is green, but a lot more of everything is green. Oh, that's
0: the thing is listener.
1: We're recording this
0: before Zach has heard on the previous episode how I checked to see whether the path from Termina Field to Mountain Village gets green after you beat Goat. Now, Zach, what were you saying
1: happens? I'm pretty sure it does. Well, it doesn't. I still don't believe you, but okay. I can't prove you wrong because my 3DS is still in the other room. Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this. So Ryan went and did the goat fight and then checked that path leading up the mountain and said nothing changed. I don't believe him, so I'm going to go check it myself. If I'm right, then I get to append this to the end of an episode and feel really smart. If not, I will delete this file and go to bed. Uh, I need to be this man... I need to play the song time backwards. That's that's forwards. I played it forwards. Also, I don't need to do this. I'm gonna have plenty of time to do this. Let's go. I'm gonna not do what I did before, and I'm gonna drive over there. As a rock guy, I went out the wrong door. Ah, that's fine. Actually, this is fine. Uh, I can hit up some bushes on the way there. Bounce off some... what is happening? Hold on. I caught some geometry and was all over the place just now. Let's see if I can hit this jump. always a cute little jump when you make this jump. I'm not- my trajectory is not very good, but uh, I believe. Yeah, I nailed it. All right, so we're gonna do a quick investigatory look through of the path leading up prior- two? Two fire arrows. Uh, Prior to beating goat, and then I'll go beat goat. Because if I did it in the other order, that would I would just be doing the same thing Ryan did. Okay, so we have it's snowy, but it's not any snow drifts here. You got a couple immediately there's some tectites, there's a big uh pile of snow here, there's a pile of snow over here with uh something underneath it. That's rupee. Okay. Let's go up this little hill. I really there we go, okay. I had a memory of this. Okay, so here's here's the inflection point, is that we see a bunch of snow things in the way of the stairs. And if those are there afterwards, then I have just been wrong this whole time. And then the snow one's on the shelf over here. That's the other one. I remember these little snow guys on the shelf. Is that a seam? Oh, that's weird. There's kind of like a like an intentional seam. I think that's an intentional seam over here. It looks like a little tiny cave. That's neat. All right, let's uh, go fight a goat. Oh, I should just warp there, because... Make my life easier. I need to get this done soon. I'm supposed to be in bed. It's past my bedtime. We warp. We take the bridge at- oh no, I have to play the lullaby first. We play a lullaby. We play the lullaby. I don't need this lullaby. I'm ready to go to bed. Cutscene plays, you cannot cannot skip the cutscene. Take that, speedrunners. I'm gonna take this at full speed because I'm not scared. See? That's easy. Who needs to slow down? Honestly. Watch, I'm gonna fall on this now. Oh no, we're fine. The control stick on the. I don't even, do you call the 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 3ds thing a control stick it's like a control pad it's like a like a slidey pad that it doesn't feel great at least mine doesn't because the rubber's kind of worn out and so it feels loose and so if i end up having to play something where i need a little more precision i end up pulling it off and just putting my finger directly on the plastic part uh which is probably not ideal how are my arrows looking oh i'm like doing green on arrows All right, let's fight the goat. He's got an eyeball in this version of the game. It's a contentious decision, but here it barely makes a difference. Let me transform, thank you. Oh, I'm so close. Okay, he does go down in one hit the first try. That's very funny. I need to hit this button. And then this button to switch to light arrows, because I haven't done that yet. I don't know that light arrows do more, but Ryan mentioned it. And that feels like something gonna be correct. Oh. Alright, let's go. Pump, Bump. pump. I don't have anything riveting to say about this part of the video game. Oh, get out! Please! Please! Link! 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 There you go. Need more magic... Yeah, I don't know, this is just a good fight, this is a... Maybe the most N64 part of this N64 game is that you have to do a racing minigame as a boss. Oh. And we do this... Nope, still got more in ya? I don't think these light arrows are actually doing any more damage, I think that's fake. feel like it's the same as regular arrows, but it's fine. One more little round here. Bop, 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 bop. Get my light arrows out. Oh. Alright. Okay, he's down. The goat's down. We're at seven and a half minutes. This is great. I'm so close to being able to go to bed. Such an ignoble death. Oh, I got to put this back on... Where's my warp out? There you are. Please stop. There we go. You reuse the crystal animation from Ocarina of Time, despite it not really being thematically appropriate here. Alright. Let's take a look. Oh, no, okay, no. I am so vindicated. So, my memory is correct. The big, previously big snowdrifts are now tiny little snow piles. I was right. There is a difference. It wasn't quite the starkest difference that I remembered it being, but yeah, these tiny little snowdrifts now become tiny. They're the big, the big snowdrifts that you can't get past. The one by the stairs are gone. The rest of them are turned into tiny little piles. So I feel fantastic. Uh, congratulations, me. And uh, uh, end of podcast.
0: Um, when it does turn green, one big change is that... Where was I going with this? You know what? Back it up.
1: Back it up, listener.
0: So Star Wars. No,
1: no, not that far.
0: Oh, um, uh, I realized that I I wanted to talk about the guy with the hat, but he is only there when it is frozen.
1: Which guy with what hat? Oh yeah, we gotta talk about. It. Yeah, that's right. We I forgot he goes away when it warms up. That's yeah. the whole thing. The whole thing. There's a Goron. Hanging out by the frozen pond.
0: Yeah, and he's stuck on top of a bizarre, like, frozen part of a waterfall. That doesn't make any sense.
1: Uh, Waterfalls only freeze like that if it's like a really quick freeze, but... I guess... It's fine. It's a fantasy but, game. Well, no,
0: I, I mean that, like... A, a a waterfall freezing in place is weird enough but yeah. a waterfall freezing in place with a ledge on it for someone to stand on
1: well somebody else is impossible somebody else came just, by before and
0: carved a ledge i guess i want to play the game about that guy ledge carver yeah the legend of ledge carver and it's spelled l e d g e n d o f ledge carver so he is up there and he's freezing Ooh, burr and he has this weird frog hat on and um he says please hey you down there uh save me from starving to death
1: yeah and gorons as established by ocarina of time are picky eaters
0: yes they only eat
1: rocks and gems But not just any rocks and gems. And so this guy, you have to get the famous Goron item, the rock sirloin.
0: Uh Uh-huh. And it's in the Goron shrine. And it's specifically in um, the candelabra or chandelier, that big thing full of... This quest is ridiculous. Uh Uh-huh. How do you find out that you have to break the candelabra
1: to get the rock sirloin? You check game FAQs. I guess. It's, um, there's a lot of weird puzzles in this game that I just know from reading about this game prior to playing it. There must
0: be some kind of indication in the game that there's a rock sirloin. In I there. guess so. I'm going to search the text dump for All sirloin.
1: Right. Well, the sirloin uh, I'm going to describe while you're searching, it's just a. Bi- it looks like one of those big meats with a bone through it, like yeah, like but it's
0: made up of rock.
1: Only it's made of rock, like a caveman would eat in a caveman video game from the '90s, where you like are a caveman and then do a flip in the air, or ride a skateboard. Uh, wait. I was playing Bonk the other day.
0: Okay, if you talk to that guy the Goron as Dharmani he is terrified that um uh oh okay if you talk to him as not Dharmani he talks about how he is uh oh wait no this isn't the guy the text dump doesn't say who the person is um some Goron is saying, uh, we can't seem to get our hands on any of our food. At this rate, everyone will go hungry and die. But I have an emergency supply of food hidden away, so I'll be fine.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, that NPC's in the Goron town. The Goron okay. town. Yeah.
0: If you talk to him as Darmani, he's terrified that Dharmani has come back to life. And he says, you can have the food I hid in the chandelier up there. So
1: please just die in peace. Okay, that makes sense
0: yeah uh so okay now we know that it's in the chandelier but as darmani when we do our goron roll through the goron shrine to try and smash the chandelier we can only break part of the chandelier and not the part with the sirloin in it we have to make the chandelier spin around it's just there's no nothing for it we have to make that chandelier spin around And, of course, the way to do that is to light all the torches in the shrine. It's them, like,
1: repeating the Ocarina of Time thing again. Yeah, yeah. But, like... It's a puzzle... In a microcosm. (laughs) That's right.
0: (laughs) Um, And this one is, uh, like, probably roughly as frustrating as the Ocarina of Time version, because there are so many torches Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that you have to light them like basically as fast as possible or the first one you lit will go out by the time you light the last one so they like imagine the planning that goes into making this puzzle be exactly this hard right
1: you it feels like you would have to workshop that a whole bunch but also maybe they just didn't i don't know
0: well i You don't have to workshop it a whole bunch because you, at any point in the, you know, design process, if you can test it out, then you can say, oh, that's too easy. And you put in another torch or you say it's too hard and you take out a torch, right? Or you just spread them out a little bit. But like, Um, it,
1: you know, game game dev is non-trivial at this point. So like adding and removing a torch is probably...
0: I'm not saying that it was that actually doing that, like compiling the game to test it, that was probably harder than I'm making it sound. But tuning the difficulty just comes down to, well, I can make it a little longer or I can make it a little shorter. Yeah, And so they, within that system, they clearly picked the one setting that would be exactly this hard, which is... Hard enough to be frustrating. So I like. I think that level it's definitely intentional.
1: I like to imagine there's a guy on the team that's just the torch guy and knows if I put these torches in this configuration, it'll be the correct level of difficulty for our video game.
0: Oh yeah! After you do this a couple times, you can just map out the distance between torch points and say that is you know one point one Deku sticks in length. So it's too long, right? You need to use the same deck of stick. Yeah. Or you need to put your stick away and then r- pull it out. Well, I'll leave that to that particular guy who understands this. Anyway, when you light all the torches, then the chandelier starts spinning around. And now you have to do another stupid thing. You have to make Darmani go off the ramp at the perfect time to hit the right part of the chandelier that smashes apart and reveals the rock sirloin.
1: That's right good grief it's a lot of work and then you have to walk is. the rock sirloin back over there ah! it's not an inventory item it's too big
0: it's really is an exercise in frustration at each step isn't it I uh because you have to walk it not only just out of town but into the next map where you have to carry it across these bridges and there's wolfos and it's ridiculous And then all the way back to where the guy is uh, freezing on that ledge on a waterfall and you toss it to him and he's like, Oh, thank goodness. I got this, you know, uh, some food and that invigorates him enough that he can jump down and thank you.
1: I like the tradition of Zelda NPCs that are like I'm gonna die, things are terrible unless you give me something, and then now I'm perfectly fine,
0: yes, and it's often food, food and Isn't a can- and a beverage, yeah, yeah, um i that's a that's a good point. I think that is really tied into the overall like aesthetic or ethos of Zelda, the idea of what kind of adventurer link is. Yeah. Is that he will carry food long distances to lazy people?
1: Yes. It's yep. very video gamey in a way that's flattering, I think. <laughs> um,
0: And he thanks you with his weird hat that he's wearing.
1: Mm hmm. Which counts and as a mask. It's the mask. Don Gero mask. Yeah. It- it's
0: a mask. It's the Dongero mask that doesn't obscure your face at all. And it's a cool frog hat um and what does he say about don garo i have the text dump right here searching for don garo isn't any help he doesn't call it don garo himself um and searching for mask also doesn't help as you might imagine <laughs> uh whoops i don't know what he says about it but uh don Garrow's mask lets you talk to frogs
1: you get a the, the get message for it is you got don Garrow's mask it looks just like don Garrow, conductor of the frog choir
0: yes and so the idea that well i mean we're gonna get into it don, don Garrow is like a person out there presumably another frog yeah um but we never see don Garro. that's cool let's talk about what you do with his mask well you go and recruit
1: some frogs
0: well, hold on. Oh. You got to beat goat. That's true. You come back to this very spot where the Goron was trapped on a waterfall. Now the waterfall is unfrozen and there's a pond here and there's a frog. Um, and you say, stick to the pond, froggy. And the frog, if you're wearing the mask, mistakes you for Dongaro and says, uh, I've been waiting for you, Dongaro. Forgive me if I'm mistaken, but it looks like you've lost a little weight. as you can see, Don the long winter has ended, and spring has finally come to these mountains. Let us begin our chorus. Unfortunately, it seems or uh, maybe those don't print in the same conversation. Um, he says unfortunately, it seems not all of our members have gathered. Perhaps it is because winter was too long. They must not have realized that spring has come to the mountains. And when the great Dungaro has come for us, too, what a pity. Where in the world could the other members be, and what could they be doing?
1: Well, we've ran so, into some
0: of them yes, in our let's see. podcast travels. We saw that one in the laundry pool. That's right. We saw that one just hanging around in the southern swamp. Uh-huh. We saw one that was turned into that mini boss in Woodfall Temple. The gecko. The gecko.
1: Is there one more or two more? There's one more, by my reckoning, I think. There's one more in the next dungeon. Yes. And that's another
0: frog who will, a mean frog who will turn into a nice frog. And the thing is, you have to, what? Oh, no, keep going. You have to go out and recruit all these frogs, but you have to do it in the same time skip loop cycle. Yes. And so that means that not only do you just have to run around a lot, but you have to beat two mini bosses. And also before that, beat Goat, because you have to beat Goat to uh, activate springtime and talk to this first frog. So, um.
1: it's rad the game is yeah is asking you to put a ton of effort into three different dungeons yes
0: and like it makes you into um or it makes you approach those dungeons very differently because you're not going to be able to uh you're probably no yeah you're not going to be able to do this the first time you beat goat obviously because you haven't gotten to the next dungeon yet right And you're not going to be able to do this when you go through the Great Bay Temple the first time. Or maybe you are. That would be a fun challenge to beat Goat and then get all the other frogs and then do Great Bay Temple. (laughs) My point is, it recontextualizes how you approach all the dungeons where these things happen. It gives you an interesting reason. To go back and to do a dungeon, not just to do it all over again, but to find a specific challenge in that dungeon and try it again.
1: Yeah, it's, it's one of a few like challenges in the game that really makes you have to plan what yeah, your cycle is going to be. Where a lot of the stuff involves very specific time periods or like doing stuff after beating the dungeon in a region, but usually it's all pretty centered around that region or that dungeon or like a single chunk of the game in a way that it's really easy to like roll up a whole bunch of those things together and do it all at once yeah this one you really have to kind of plan ahead and almost necessarily do a entire cycle devoted to this in some way yeah you might be do some other stuff on the fringes but it's like no, no no this is my frog cycle the
0: premise of the game suggests that there would be a ton of these puzzles or adventures or quests that uh, rely that le- on that level of planning. Yeah. And really, there are only a few. And I think that's like, I find all of them very pleasant to be like, go in my head like, well, now I have to do this and this and this. I feel really cool and efficient when I manage to accomplish it. I, I do think that if they added much more of that, even though it seems like the kind of game that would have more of that, I think that the game would suffer from adding too much more of this fun planning stuff because it would then turn into a big spreadsheet game.
1: Yeah, and that's you could have fun with that, but that's, that's almost a different game at that point if it's all about trying to plan, optim- like design schedules of optimized cycles. And not be um, concerned with the date, like the minutia of navigating the space and doing the dungeons and fighting the enemies.
0: Yeah, like it's a it's a common thing with ideas, I guess, that your first iteration, you do it, you know, a, like a basic version, and that opens the door to doing a more involved version. I I always think about the Pikmin series. Uh, You have Pikmin, which is like okay, fine, and then you have Pikmin 2 that's like the same thing but uh, and so you know, this implies that you could do uh, a much more involved, schedule focused game, um, that would like it would appeal to less people, but it would you could do a lot more interesting things with it anyway. I like this quest, I don't mind that it involves a lot of backtracking. Um, I think that. People don't like backtracking, but this is cool and good.
1: Yeah. And because it's like a. There's not a lot of this in the game, it's very novel. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you do have to go like redo those mini bosses and do all that stuff, which can be a little. It's,
0: it's. Well, this is my point about backtracking. Yeah. Is that when you evaluate Super Metroid or majora's mask or any of these uh, uh um uh the backtracking in Metroid Prime gets a lot of flack yeah but it's from people who have played these games multiple times over years and I don't think they're remembering the experience of that playing that game the first time when backtracking is actually a novel experience because in in all these games, especially these Metroid games, when you return to a place later in the game, you're returning with a bunch more powers and you get to actually use those powers to feel powerful by doing it in a place where you felt weak previously. I think the backtracking is essential to games like that, but people view it through the lens of having played a game dozens of times in it spoils their experience
1: well and also when you're doing that back the first time and you don't know the game there's an element yeah. of like groping around in the dark to try and like mm. be like i probably need to be back here but i don't know exactly where back here and yeah that's engaging content but backtracking then... in in that in that sense is a form of exploration exactly you're, you're back in that exploration mode trying to figure out you're like well, I got this and I think back there was a, there was a half pipe somewhere in this area. I just need yeah, to remember yeah. which room it was in and that's awesome. That stuff's good. so yeah, it's just you hit the point where oh, I've played Majora's mask before. I know I just need to go back and do this dungeon again, but I gotta go do the swimming again. oh no, or whatever yeah. you know so anyway, uh, anyway, the frogs are cool. they sing a song it's a it's a good song.
0: oh, it's a great song. Maybe we'll listen to it right now. And then uh, you, get oh, a that was nice. you get a heart piece. I love that. Uh, you get a heart piece. All that for one heart piece. Um, and There's several masks that just get you one heart piece, but not many of them involve this much work.
1: I want to mention before we go anywhere else that the mountain village, like grassy field here has giant bees in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which, ah,
0: they're they're scary. They're like meaner than you expect from bee enemies. I guess Zelda bees have a history of being pretty nasty,
1: but they can be good. Uh,
0: that's true, but these aren't good. Well, wait. These bees might turn out to be good, too. Well, anyway, um, surrounding or surrounded by those bees is, of course, the mountain cabin. Uh, cool looking building. Oh, I don't have a picture of it in front of me. I've got no but... clip open,
1: so I'm looking at it. It looks like the pipe house. Yeah. It looks like Mario's house because it's got a giant chimney that's circular. Hmm. Um. It's, 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 it's striking. Cool. Yeah, it's kind of it's like a log cabin in parts, but it's brick in parts and it's got a real like angled forward roof. It's cool. Are there like rivets on it? Is it kind of a steampunk cabin? The, the one section of the roof is all riveted. OK, it's like a stone building that they added a wood like uh, facade to the front of. Mm. It's a Franken building. It's got a lot of different yeah. textures going on.
0: I forget if the 64 version... I, th- I feel like the 64 version has some of that, which the Grezzo team turns up to 11. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this is where the
1: blacksmith lives. I would say blacksmiths, charitably. There's two of them. Oh, that's that's true. One of them maybe doesn't uh, do as much smithing, but he's a blacksmith, probably.
0: There's two guys here, and what are their names? zubora and Gebora, yeah those are cool names the kind of names that you engrave on a sword Uh,
1: these are some good weirdos i like these guys
0: yes they are they they have no counterparts in ocarina of time right no absolutely not
1: and they don't show up anywhere
0: else technically uh but like wouldn't you like to see these guys again they're awesome yeah they um the one little guy the you know face of the business and the money man is like hey we'll uh we'll sharpen your sword if you want and then the big guy who just says uh apparently does all the work um i assume that the little one is zubora and the big one is Gebora. that's correct okay and uh it's 200 rupees to sharpen your sword right
1: I have one hundred rupees written down in my notes. That makes sense. But maybe that's I, that could almost be sure. something that they changed between versions and I'm not gonna look. Okay. Um But and they can't if you get it sharpened. Well no, yeah. they can't they can't they can't sharpen it. What? They can't. they their forge their forge is frozen.
0: Oh of course. The darn forge.
1: Uh, well, what are we going to do about it? Uh, you actually have, and I really like the way this is implemented, you have a bunch of options. Okay. You can tur- You can do what we've already done in this episode and beat Goat and turn the mountain village back into springtime. Okay, okay. That just automatically melts it. Uh, you can also melt it with a fire arrow. Or I can use
0: a fire arrow inside a business? Apparently well or hot spring water oh yeah so
1: you can actually you know i
0: feel like hot spring water is what i usually used because uh that's what you have access to before you do the dungeon
1: it's cool it's it's yeah they let you do this uh and i like Uh, that's great i like when things are implemented that way where somebody goes back and says well now hang on what, what what tools would you actually be able to use to solve this problem
0: uh that's excellent And, okay, okay, now I can get my swords sharpened.
1: He sharpens it into the razor sword. Oh, yeah. This is an early 2000s sword. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like, boy. It's like
0: the cool (laughs) hunting knife that your neighbor has that he, you know, keeps pulling out to show you. And you're
1: like, please put that away. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking for pictures of it, and I can't find it. Uh, not
0: your neighbor, but, like, the kid from the next street over who your parents don't want you to hang out with. Yeah. But there's no other kids. I, I would understand. not be hanging
1: out with this kid if there were any other kids to hang I out I understand with. this. Yeah, it's, like, split. It's cool. I don't know how... Yeah. The the sword in Majora's Mask is wild.
0: Uh, And this is the sword that they use in a lot of the art for this game. Yeah. They want it to be, like... This ain't your daddy's Ocarina of Time. This is a cool tween Link with a cool sword for tweens. For the for the year two thousand, we have yeah. cool Link. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this razor sword you can only use one hundred times.
1: Yeah. Then it now, tur- turns back into the kokiri sword after that. Yeah, it, it like
0: re the sword kind of unsplits itself it becomes normal blade um now i have never used this very much um and i i'll say why in a moment but how how often like a hundred swings of the sword can't be very much is it like have you ever actually used this for a cycle and found out how long it lasts absolutely not
1: I have no. maybe swung that sword one time and said, Yep, that's that sword. Let me go finish upgrading it now. Yeah. Um The The the
0: reason, the, the, the reason it's funny that it's supposedly like the emblematic sword of this game, that it's in all the art, is because you never you use it. Like it's even designed to not be used very much but also if you've played the game before you know it's coming you're going to get it upgraded even better and you're going to do it by doing a different side quest so let's leave the mountain village
1: oh i want to say one more thing in the mountain village oh. there okay. is a uh like a tunnel like a path tunnel oh yeah that leads from the ground level all the way up to the Goran uh, Darmani's grave
0: yes that that is is only accessible when it's yeah it's blocked by the snow but when everything melts then you can take this tunnel shortcut instead of having to do the stupid well is
1: there water over the waterfall now
0: or is that still just a wall why didn't i look at this oh no
1: it's it's a wall and you can see where the path is at oh
0: yeah okay but you don't want to waste all that time climbing up the wall again no you want to roll down a big tunnel
1: yeah and it just explains how people would get up there otherwise, which I like yeah
0: how it could, also have... gives you a chance to you go you roll all the way up the tunnel and then you roll off that cliff, uh-huh to just do a sweet jump over the village, maybe you can even get on top of the cabin. I don't know if you can make that jump, jump maybe down the chimney ho ho ho, like Mario. Well, no, we're we're done with this, Zach. We have to go to the next map. One thing we didn't mention in the Tingle area with the islands is oh, there's it. What?
1: Oh, we forgot to. Uh, we hinted at Zabora Gabor. I looked back at my notes. Uh, they're famous blacksmiths. We should talk about that sometime. In what sense? Well, they made a sword from another Zelda game. Um,
0: yeah, the Phantom Ganon in Wind Waker has Zubora and Gabora like carved on his sword, which is bizarre.
1: So that's their cameo in a future game. Apparently they made Phantom Ganon sword.
0: Yeah. Like these guys who only exist in Termina made a sword for a ghost. A yeah. A sword that isn't even real. So I can't like, we can't. I don't know.
1: Okay, it, sorry. I just I didn't know. wanted to mention that. Moving on to mountain. I I messed you up. Let's keep going.
0: We're on the mountain path to the Goron village, right? And we're not going to go over those islands. So we're going to roll up this little um, hill to the entrance to the Goron race track. And when you uh. Under certain circumstances, I think after you beat the dungeon, the Goron baby, the princeling, will be here wishing that he could get into the racetrack, but it's blocked with a big boulder.
1: So what are you going to do? Well, I try and bomb it, but that doesn't work. Because this boulder is too big. It's too big for a bomb.
0: Have you tried laying a bunch of bombs all at the same time?
1: No. Would that work?
0: No. Oh, You need a really big bomb, which is more powerful than a bunch of bombs at once.
1: I know a guy in the dark world that'll sell you a big bomb, but that's in a different game.
0: Yes. Instead, we have to get the Goron Powder Keg. Now, this is rad that Goron Link has the power to use this giant bomb that no one else can handle. That's cool um you get it by uh the entrance to the like it's medigoron right who runs the powder keg shop yeah correct uh medigoron the goron who is very big but not as big as Bigoron, uh hangs out in a cave where he has powder kegs but the entrance is frozen So you either need to melt it with an arrow, or you need to make it be springtime, and then you can go down in there and talk to Medigoron, And he's like, well, you're just a human boy. I cannot trust a giant bomb with you. But if you talk to him as Goron Link, he's like, hey, I can trust you with a giant bomb, but you need to prove—you need to get your license, basically. Prove that you can handle such explosives. And in order to let you prove this, I'm going to give you one of these explosives. So explain that one to me. Um, And you need to carry this, like the rock sirloin, across the map. But you just need to carry it to the entrance to the racetrack. And um, I almost feel like... uh, In ocarina of time when you're carrying princess ruto around in jabu jabu's belly she never actually goes through a map transition with you right you go through doors but you don't have like a loading area
1: the only loading area you would hit if you counted is that i think No, I was going to say the mid boss room but no, that's part of the same map. Uh you get yeah. a loading screen going into the boss chamber.
0: Um yeah, but that that is not the same thing. Here, the Roxarloin and the uh powder keg, they um they stick with you when you move between maps, at least yeah. I between these maps. I've never tried to carry the powder keg like out of Snowhead region before That would be fun. Um,
1: But they persist between maps.
0: Yeah, they persist between maps. And I want to say that, like, I'm just guessing, I guess, that that was not possible in Ocarina of Time. And they had to specifically add that functionality for Majora's Mask. Maybe. It seems like the kind of thing that would not be possible in the earlier game. Uh, because it's cool. It feels like you're breaking a rule somehow to carry something between zones. And it makes both of those tasks much tougher uh, because you have to carry this thing past a bunch of obstacles and past that dang wolfos. Yeah, still there. And then you have to actually toss the keg up the incline to the entrance to the racetrack. It's it's good stuff. Um, how how difficult they make this task for you, and when you drop the powder keg at the uh, in, uh, in front of that big rock, the baby Goron actually runs away, like takes cover, which is good. I'm never clear on exactly. How how far away you need to be from the keg to not get blown up by it. I'm always super careful with this sort of thing.
1: Yeah, you're you're licensed. You gotta be care you, you have a license saying you can do this. You're not gonna be irresponsible about it. That's true. But it blows up the uh rock, and now I
0: can get into the Goron race check. Yeah. And so now I can do two things. There's two things. I can Goron race. And I can buy more powder kegs for exploding oh. more things.
1: Okay, yeah. You can also then buy them in town.
0: Yes. I, the Metagoron gives you a piece of paper license, right?
1: I don't think so. So how
0: does the guy in town know that you're licensed to use them? Because you have to finish this, you have to do this quest here before you can buy them in town, right?
1: He must just know. Yeah. No, they just, that, that is knowledge that persists between um, cycles without there being hmm. some kind of ledger involved. He must uh, mark you. know you what? Like the, uh, he he uses the same system that the banker uses.
0: The, the thing is, the, I'm looking at the text for the powder keg seller in town, and the, the guy, the Goron in the bomb shop in Clocktown Town says, uh, Of all places, you're a Goron, so you should be able to carry a powder keg, right? I don't see where he, he, he doesn't seem to have text for, uh, oh wait, he says, huh? You, you mean, Do you mean you haven't been approved to carry powder kegs yet? Too bad, and I was hoping I could sell one to you. Powder kegs are extremely ca- powerful and dangerous, so those who haven't been approved by the instructor can't carry them. Okay, listen here. My instructor works in the Goron Village cave. Come back after blah blah blah. So there you go.
1: So he, he puts a he, mark on you like the banker does.
0: No, only the banker has that magic. Metagoron and the Goron Brotherhood of Powder keg sellers salesmen sales gorons operates purely on the honor system,
1: oh okay, and they know because gorons are honorable, yes, yeah, you just carry the air of somebody that's been approved,
0: well, when he says, Huh, do you mean that you haven't been approved? That means that like link is saying, Oh, I don't have i I'm not <laughs> licensed. <laughs>
1: Um Okay, I like that. I like that. Goron Racing. Goron Racing.
0: Now if I remember correctly, you can if you open up if you blow that uh rock up on a cycle where you haven't made it springtime yet, there's nobody here, right? Nobody wants to do Goron Racing until it's warm
1: out. I don't know that I've tried. Uh I probably. I that probably that makes sense. You probably okay. need to do that. Uh but when
0: you blow up that rock and it's warm out, then the Gorons assemble here to do a race. And what kind of uh prize will be awarded to the winner?
1: Uh it's actually a cool prize. It's a bottle of gold dust. Yeah, that's rad. That's cool. It's, like, that's an evocative item in like a like fantasy. Context. Absolutely. But then yes. is also a evocative item in a Legend of Zelda context. Because you're like, oh, I get a bottle?
0: Oh, and there's stuff in it. That could be useful too. The uh Goron Racing game is tough. Uh it is not fair. <laughs> it is mean.
1: It's it's kind of rough, but it's not like terrible it takes me a couple tries usually
0: yeah it's just Um, very
1: like punishing that if you don't get a good run you just you better just wait for the time to elapse yeah uh you roll around as darmani
0: who darmani or goron link has the power to have spikes pushing out of him when he is in magic mode no other goron has this power and yet other gorons can run into you and wreck you They don't Um, need spikes. They don't need spikes. They're just tougher than you or something. So it's infuriating. And, um, you know, it's so easy to lose control. Like, the Goron roll power wasn't very precise to begin with. And now you're avoiding obstacles and trying to hit other guys. And, yeah, when you run into other guys, I feel like it's very difficult to tell whether you're going to, like knock the other guy back or be knocked in the wrong direction yourself
1: yeah 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 i agree
0: so i wouldn't say that i like this game very much but it was an
1: inevitability about being in this game
0: yeah yeah they got to you got to give Goron link cool stuff to do and here's
1: something cool for him to do
0: and they and and
1: and they've you know, built his moveset around being able to do this and they've yeah. gestured towards this in every other goron segment so far. So.
0: <laughs> That's true.
1: And it's on the it's... Nintendo 64, which loves racing games. Oh yeah. Uh they should make Like Wall-Race 64. I Do we have anything else to say about this specific racing game before I go on a tangent?
0: Um if we do we'll remember it when you're in the middle of your tangent all right let's uh, go
1: what if they made a a actual zelda racing game um what would you want out of that because i have an idea of what i would want out of it but i want to hear what you would want first okay give me just a quick second to think about it okay you mean i'll say my thing first then no no because you're gonna influence me okay i don't want to influence
0: yeah i want to like have my own idea first okay
1: um because I can never
0: have my own idea after you say yours. My
1: ideas are so imposing.
0: That's just how ideas work; they're infectious. Um. Okay, I'll say this: I think that a, a cool Zelda racing game would let, um, like Link on Epona race against Zelda on White Horse, race against Goron Link rolling around.
1: Oh, okay. I guess that and makes sense.
0: That's my that's my first thought, anyway. What were you thinking?
1: I was thinking specifically horse racing. Okay, i i I think that maybe I'm just like Ocarina of Time brained, but like I'm like, yeah, that's that's the racing you do in Zelda's on horseback. I think that that's
0: valid. That's what you do in Breath of the Wild as well,
1: and it's what you, you do can... in Majora's Mask it's in it's in all sorts of Zelda games, and like there are you know obviously there are many games Zelda games without that, and you could do a boat thing, you could do a train thing um you you could get way more cartoonish with it, yeah. but I really like the idea of like a horse racing game in a Zelda context, and then you could like get into raising horses in like the in in the story like the 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 not the story mode but like the career mode is all about like Mm. raising and breeding horses
0: i think that this this there's a lot of potential here maybe not even as a zelda game but because like if you talk about a zelda racing game then you're going to have, like, your cast, your roster of racers is going to be, like... So many of the people I want to be in that game are not going to be able to ride on normal horses. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine Ruto on a horse. I can't imagine uh, Deku Link on a horse. And I definitely want to be able to play as Deku Link.
1: So if you're doing it, like, cart racer style... Yeah, there's a cart race version of this for sure, where everybody's got their own weird wacky racer situation going on.
0: If you want to do a horse racing horse breeding and racing game, I think that's a fantastic idea. I don't see why you wanna marry it to Zelda, because then you're gonna have to serve a bunch of Zelda stuff when what you really wanna do is breed and race horses. But then
1: your item pickup would be a bow and arrows. I'm not going to get a you horse racing. You can do racing. that
0: in the non-Zelda version,
1: too. Oh. Okay, you're probably right.
0: Yeah. What, you, what you're what you going to do is have a, like, generic horse racing breeding game where a bunch of the aesthetic and, you know, the, like, vocabulary comes from Zelda. Okay. You just never say it's a Zelda game, Okay, but it's understood that this is basically happening in Hyrule.
1: Okay, I could I would totally play that. If somebody made that, I would there you go. I would play that game. That's that's what I want. I want like a fantasy I want like a generic fantasy Yeah like setting horse racing game with all the really dumb fun fantasy video gamey aesthetic to it. I love this. Okay, that's what I want. It's no longer a Zelda project, it's now my Kickstarter.
0: Yeah. And you can say you have to say in the Kickstarter That you're inspired by fantasy games from the (laughs) 90s. (laughs) Yeah. That ticks me off. Oh, okay. I want to go off on a rant here. When Kickstarters have to, like, dance around what they are inspired by or ripping off. And they can't just say, we're doing... It's it's like Paper Mario. We're doing Paper Mario. It's like... We're not Paper Mario, but... We're do- it's basically a paper mario game i know that there's like legal reasons that they have to be careful about the language they use for describing that they're ripping off an existing game i think it's stupid though i hate reading the dumb sentence that's trying to not say the very basic point the selling point of the
1: project uh-huh uh-huh end of rant end of rant uh let's get back to what's next
0: well i won the race
1: you won the race several
0: tries but i got that gold powder in a shiny new bottle and i'm going to use that bottle for all sorts of stuff and i have to get rid of this gold somehow too
1: well you go sell it to the curiosity shop yeah or you could bring it to our friends Zabora gabora oh yeah Which, that's the time I should have talked about that other thing that I interrupted you on, which is really funny to think about. Podcasting. Because. Podcast. Um, They, like, when
0: you upgrade the sword to the razor sword, Zubora says, you know, if you had some gold dust, we could upgrade this even more. And so that's your clue to bring back gold dust when you win it. And you give him the gold dust, and you have to, like, make sure you have enough time. I
1: think it takes a full 24 hours for him to finish it. Am I right about that? Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, there's specific, like, you have to wait till the next day, for sure. And so like, doing this whole process takes a couple days.
0: Yes. um, And you have to go without a sword for a while um, while he's putting
1: gold on it it's fun to exist in a zelda game without a sword as oh yeah i've been playing a lot of link to the past randomizer this year and it is fun (laughs) to have to think about a zelda game without having a sword that's fun
0: yeah uh yes so yeah well you're right the gold sword is rad it should do, I'm pretty sure anyway, that the razor sword does double damage, and then the gold sword doubles that and does quadruple damage, right?
1: I have no idea what the uh oh, numbers on that are.
0: I feel like that's the way every sword progression works in Zelda until Breath of the Wild, where they actually put numbers on it. Uh, but I might be wrong about that. I remember assuming that it would work that way in Hollow Knight. Uh-oh. But it doesn't. <laughs> Interesting. Um, the gold sword has this cool lozenge pattern on it that you were saying is similar to.
1: Oh my 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 crazy fan theory. Yeah, you're crazy. I want to hear it again. Okay, I'll say it again. I don't really remember where I said it at, but I'll say it again. Uh, that. Because this sword has, like, the diamond pattern, and because I like the idea of there only being, like, three swords in the entirety of The Legend of Zelda, that what if the reason the Kokiri sword gets all these crazy different appearances it's because it's secretly a magic sword, uh like the Master specifically... Sword, but specifically uh, Girohim, the Sword of Demise from Skyward Sword. Because its final it just appearance makes sense. Its final appearance looks like, uh, it has Girahim's pattern on it, kind of. If you, <laughs> with a with enough of a, uh, wanting to there's, see into it situation, it's like, oh yeah, that's what I see. So there's no other explanation.
0: This sword is Girahim.
1: I like the idea of uh, Garrowham became a good guy sword eventually. That's. I like the symmetry there even if it's like bad even if I think that like the 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 idea of turning everything into something else in mm-hmm. a media franchise where everything must connect is like probably bad practice that we've leaned into a lot as a culture uh mm-hmm. I still like it here.
0: Well you like it because it's your idea.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm the same way with the stuff I make. I'm like, ooh, I can do the connection here. And if I step back, I'm like, Ryan, you need to stop doing so many connections or yeah. you have a really gross, incestuous world that you've created.
1: And like, that's fun. I don't and don't care. It's, it's, it's cute. It's fun and indulgent. But yeah, yeah I think as a society, we got to cut that out a little bit. And I'm guilty. Yeah. I, I say that as somebody who's extremely, I just did it. We're all We're all extremely guilty of this, but we let things just be things the wickification of society um what's left to talk about i had one thing i have two things left Uh... i'm gonna take a lead um back in the actual like goron village area yeah uh, we have some business with the deku scrub oh yeah who that now i or we just didn't talk about before Uh, the next scrub in the long trade sequence is here. Uh, He'll sell us a bigger bomb bag um, and then also be part of that trade sequence that lets us get up to uh, another piece of heart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have one more thing to talk about on my notes, uh, and that's back in the Goron Shrine. uh, We didn't talk about the shop that's in there.
0: Um yeah, I this, don't pay this shop much attention. Are you saying there's something cool here? This
1: shop is one of the coolest locations in this game. Prove it. It's Okay, so it's this game has like the Ocarina of Time shops. They just like imported that that uh interface where you're look you 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 talk to an NPC at a counter and then it goes to like a first person view where you're looking yeah, yeah. at the the shopkeep and it has a, a a cursor around like their face to indicate like you can talk to them and they'll give you information about what they're selling or whatever and then sure. you can pan around to the different items on the shelves and then they'll give you a description tell you how much it costs and you can buy it etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's it's just that but the room that you're in is this underground cave that opens up into this huge underground stream that has oh, like yeah. crystals along the wall, and then on the other side, the the like the cave wall where the shop's at, there's just a bunch of cubby holes with like a bunch of rocks and geodes along e- in each cubby hole, and they're like labeled. There's like text on it. The thing is, Zach, it's fantastic. when you said this shop
0: is really cool. I was thinking like I uh, the, the image of that of this shop like entered into my brain and I was thinking well he, that can't he can't be talking about that one that's the coolest shop there is but that's somewhere else right no so that that's here about something else um yeah this is a good location I forgot about all those cubby holes it did not which, need to are go those this there hard. In the Nintendo 64
1: version they are I went and checked
0: Wow. <laughs> I'm also seeing a poster for the Indiegogos.
1: I don't think the, the, pos- the posters are new, but the cubbyhole oh, situation and sense. the stream were there before.
0: Yeah. This a stream where there's like mining going on um, that you like, you can't go down there in the mine, but you can see from up here. And so that like something that's so easy to do that, Zelda games of this vintage never bother trying. No. Sort of like very, very seldom bothered doing is just showing you that there is more to this place by letting you see a place that you can't get to. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's great. Um, it's- when I put it that way, I guess I'm going to wax designerly. Um, like, I can see why the designers would be resistant to showing you a place that you can't get to because then the player says, how do I get there? I need to get their stuff over there. Let me get there. Um, But if you, like, kind of gently show the player stuff and, like, you somehow win over the understanding that the player can't actually go everywhere, then you can do this stuff and you can make the Goron society look much bigger than it looks with just the interior of the Goron shrine, right?
1: Yeah. And choosing to do that in a shop space is a mm-hmm. very strong decision because it's articulating to the player that, okay, this is, you, you the player, know that this is a shop space. This place yeah. is just for shopping. That's all its utility is. And so know that any of the other further decorations in here. Are just that they're just decorations. Yeah, it's just yeah. there to suggest a much bigger uh, existence of the Goron people. And so you're I right. Like... If
0: they did like s- similar stuff in the main shrine area, then players would be much more intent on trying to break past the fence and get into that other place that they're not supposed to get to.
1: Yeah, and that happens all the time, especially in Zelda stuff. Of like, well, why can't I go up there? What's up yep. there? I want to go see that. But nobody yep. ever posted about. Or I, I guess I mean, <laughs> let's not say that but you know people don't clamor for what can I go down into that river because it's like no, no no that's just part of the diorama that's just that's just mm. that's set dressing
0: um extremely good point Zach I'm glad that we're stopping on this detail that I didn't even think about at all but uh yeah this is this good stuff in game good analysis of game um very good episode and i say let's keep it up with another great episode next week
1: all right